You're listening to The Faithful Podcast, and I'm Keely Scott. We are running a special episode series right now called The Coffee Series, and today's episode is the second part of Leslie Jordan and Jillian Edwards' conversation that we started on last week's episode. We get back into the conversation with Leslie asking Jillian about writing for commercials and how her faith influences that work. Here we go. What's it? I, I'm so curious because, you know, with Faithful Project, we talk so much about that and we're writing from stories in the Bible and we're writing from scripture mm-hmm. in the Bible. Um, for you, when you're walking in, and, and this is just my curiosity, so mm-hmm. I'm assuming it would be everyone else's curiosity. Mm-hmm. What's it like walking into a space where you're writing for a commercial? There is an assignment, you know, it's yes. a very different assignment. For sure. Uh, what, are, what are the major differences that you experience as a songwriter walking in for something like Faithful versus something like a commercial? And how do you prepare for that? Yeah, for me, um, a lot of times I don't know the other person really mm-hmm. well. Um, a lot of times we might have mutual friends, but sometimes we don't. And we're, and we're both, you know, our publisher put us together and, um, we both write songs for those types of things. So a lot of times it's, um, someone who I, I might end up having a lot in common with. I might have nothing in common with, but I think that's part of, part of what I love about it. So the preparation for me, um, in the car on the way there is praying, you know, I, I'm so, so grateful to have this freedom, um, where I really do believe that, you know, there's this, wow, I'm, I'm going to butcher this. There's this Tozer quote that I love and it's about how, um, like it doesn't, what we do um, doesn't determine if what we do is sacred or secular. It's why mm. we do it. Ooh, and so he said something like, let, let us consecrate um, our calling to the Lord, and then we can do no common act after that. So that's, mm. what, that's what I, praying in the car on the way to a co-write, when it's, you know, not for a faithful project or not for, you know, something – um, sort of in that realm, um, I pray like, Holy Spirit, let mm. this, let me honor you in this. I consecrate this right to you. Mm. Um, sometimes like try and, you know, pray blessing over the other person and bless our conversation. Cause it's also kind of a unique experience to sit down with someone I've never met and you have to kind of get to know each other to write a song and, so that's my mental preparation. And then, so the, the prayer on the way in the car and also in the car is just like singing anything that sounds yeah. fun to sing, <laughs> any awesome. melody, and then showing up and, and um, sometimes they already have an idea going and we jump in and sometimes I sing my little, whatever I was singing in the car on the way there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or sometimes we, you know, sometimes we find something together after after we get there. But, um, yeah, I think the, the thread that stays the same with any type of songwriting process for me is if I'm, if I'm showing up the way I want to show up the moment when I, the song is written and we demo the song that day, stepping up to the microphone and 
praying a silent prayer of just like, let me worship you in spirit Mm -hmm. and in truth. And, you know, there's a lot of, um, I don't know it. I just have to believe that God delights when we're doing something we delight in, you know? So, um, yeah, I kind of bask in that freedom of like, okay, a, a love song, a country song, oh, you know, a worship song, like all of it, you know, I want to show up with the same sort of capacity to worship. I love Does that. that makes sense. Oh my gosh, it makes so much sense. And it triggers so many other questions in my mind. But one thing that I I think is so unique about songwriting is that you there's not many jobs out there or professions where you show up for the, the, the work that you're doing that day and you're meeting your coworker for the first time. That's so <laughs> like, true. like what a weird thing that we so do. Bizarre. So it's like, bizarre. Hi, we have to dive into this really intimate four hour uh, yes. session together. Uh, come up with something common, you know, mm-hmm. ma- finding a safe space together, mm-hmm. creating music together. And I know for myself, there have been moments where it's felt like a really insecure space. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you were talking earlier about it's really important to have to, for it to feel safe for you to show right. up. Mm-hmm. Um, and I am curious to know, like, what do you feel like it takes in those spaces to, to show up with your full self? Like if there is insecurity in you mm-hmm. and this kind of bleeds into life in general, right? Where it's like, yes, um, you may feel more secure in who you are and who God's made you to be in one space mm-hmm. and than the other. But, uh, what are some things that you tell yourself or that you've heard God say to you to help with that confidence of going, I'm meeting someone for the first time, or I'm yes. walking into a space that I know I'm going to feel overwhelmed. Um, talk a little oh, bit about man. that. Ooh. Specifically with walking into a, co- uh, like a, a right or maybe, kind of I mean, I'm yeah. even more universal. Like how do you deal with insecurity? You know, how, how do we, <laughs> <laughs> is that is that too big of a question? I'm well, happy to I'm happy to answer question. too. Yeah, yeah. Question. yeah. Well, but, you know, it's like it's funny because it it we talk about co-writing be, like it's not a big deal, but it is a big. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like it is. You're meeting a complete stranger, and so For sure. I'm thinking about it in that context. But I'm also thinking about the universal language of it. Is we all struggle with insecurity and, and yes. trusting ourselves and the voice mm-hmm. of God within us, and and yeah. What's that, what's that process like? Yes. I think in the, in the writing, as far as it, as far as directly related to a writing process and being in a room with another person and, and feeling safe, like I can't depend on the other person to give me that. Mm. So not, not depending on that. It's such a gift when it's, when it is someone like you who does give me that. Um, but I can't depend on the other person. And you know how it is when like you have to, um, sometimes not run with your idea and Mm -hmm. sometimes completely shift gears. And sometimes the other, you know, a lot of times the other, the other person's, you know, idea is better. And, you know, so it's not about, um, dealing with any insecurity certainly isn't about like, how good can I be? Mm-hmm. Because that's always going to be, you know, a losing game. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think as far as writing, 
for me to feel secure, I think I have to just go back to like psyching myself up in a way and also being prayerfully aware and believing like I was made for this. I was made to do this. Yeah. And even if, and that's what I try to do also like recording a vocal. <laughs> it's like maybe, maybe this is a song that's like outside of my comfort zone. But like how would I sing this right now if I believed I was made for it? Mm. And so that, that's kind of like um, prayerful self-talk a little bit. Yeah. And I guess that's, that's the first thing that comes to mind as far as the how do I feel safe in a yeah. songwriting process without depending on the other person to make me <laughs> feel so safe? Um, yeah. And just being, remembering that whatever I contribute doesn't define, <laughs> doesn't define, you know, who I am. God mm-hmm. defines who I am. Um, but I have all sorts of insecurity and all sorts of <laughs> life. It's, it's definitely an ongoing, um, it needs to be an ongoing conversation mm. I have with God. Mm. Um, and it has to do with just remembering that I am not, I'm not defined by perception of mm-hmm. who I am or yeah. any, any perceived failures or yeah. any perceived successes. Um, you know, what's interesting yeah. about that. Cause I was thinking as you were talking is like insecurity is almost like our own, inner judgment, right? Like definitely when you walk into a room, I'll say this for myself. When I walk into a room, like I'm not, I'm not looking at every, I'm not judging people the way I'm judging myself. Exactly. I'm so much more generous and, and gracious and open and encouraging with other people. But then the internal voice is like, you are not good at this. <laughs> like, like why, you know, yeah. the, the, the audacity to show yeah. up and think that you belong in this space. Mm-hmm. And it's so fun. Like, I would never say that to anyone else. Right. Like I would never, totally. I would never think that I would never say that, mm-hmm. but yet I say it to myself. We say mm-hmm. it to ourselves. And so it's, it's so interesting how insecurity becomes, um, for me, such a source of anxiety where I'll go like, mm-hmm. Ooh, and it's, it's that wrestle where in reality, like nobody's thinking the things about me that I'm mm-hmm. thinking about me. Mm-hmm. And, and most often, you know, what I feel like I have to remind myself is like, if, if given the chance, mm-hmm. I think the people around me would, would say the encouraging thing to me. And Definitely. so to try and remind myself, what's the encouraging thing, you know, that a friend would Absolutely. say, what's the encouraging thing that I would say to a friend? Um, and it's, oof, it's hard. Like, I'm not saying I've got that. No, I don't have I that down at all. If totally like, relate. if there was a microphone on my internal dialogue, we'd have to like <laughs> probably mute it a few times. Whoop. <laughs> 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 like, can't, can't say oh. that on the podcast. <laughs> Whoops. Um, it's so, it's so, I feel like it's so important and valuable to, to name that inner dialogue um, because yeah. I, it's just. Yeah, to name that it's there and, you know, I think the enemy would have us just pretend it's not there and just normalize it. Yeah. And while you were talking, I was, it made me think about how, how insecurity 
or shame in any way is really an intimacy blocker. It's like with a spouse relationship, if there's insecurity, if there's shame, that's a block to intimacy. My relationship with God, if I have shame uh, or insecure, you know, and then with friendships, it's like insecurity. Yeah, man, it just, it, it holds a lot of power. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, if, if we, I don't know the end of that sentence, but it holds a lot of power. <laughs> it really, it really you know? does. And, and like, you know, growing up in the church, I actually just had a conversation about shame yesterday with someone and how shame can, can be a tool that's used for, for the enemy. Like, and, mm-hmm. um, I remember reading this Brene Brown quote from the gifts of imperfection, like in 2010, And I think it's something that's more commonly known now from her, but it's that, uh, you can't shame someone into changing their behavior. And, and I remember that, that, that hit me so hard because I feel like that was somewhat of the environment I grew up in was a little bit of that. Like, let's not say things straightforward to each other. Mm -hmm. Let's say it like sarcastically, uh, because Mm -hmm. that, you know, uh, would help shift the behavior, but also like how much that refers to like ourselves. We can't shame ourselves and changing our behavior either. Like it becomes so good. um, Yeah. You know, it becomes a root problem for sure. So that's so true. Yeah. Woo. See, now that we've talked about insecurity, now I can deal with my own the rest of the day. You know, I feel, (laughs) I really, I really feel like you have to look at it and realize it's there to like, even be prayerful about it. So. Yeah. And like, you know, to hear other people say to you, like, um, the, the, the voice inside of you is strong and beautiful and good. And God made mm-hmm. you with an abundance of goodness and rightness oh. and, and all of the things. And, uh, there's a line in a, a guy, a guy named John Lucas wrote a song, uh, I mean, I think it's called Constellations. I'm going to get this wrong, but uh, this is m- maybe controversial. I don't know the lyric, but I it, it hit me so deep. But since becoming a mother, it really resonates with me. He says, uh, um, when you were born, God, our mother said you were good. She ain't changed your mind. Mm. And And I thought like, oh, my gosh, like that's such a beautiful sentiment so of like beautiful. God said we were good. Yes. And like that we got to rest period. in that yeah. period. He yeah. didn't change his mind. She didn't change her mind. Whatever, so whatever the metaphor beautiful. is for you. Like that's, that's the truth about how God made us and how God made you and me and everyone listening. That's so, so. beautiful. Thanks for talking to me. I love hey, you, friend. Can we have like a coffee date every day? A LaCroix water date date every day? Yes. Yeah. Yes, actual please. coffee. It's, it's so good to hang with you. I do feel like we could talk for ever and ever so i do too yeah we shall again soon let's do it again soon we'll get the kids together yes all right friend have a good one you too